This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. The tone and the direction and the, uh, uh, you know, the statements of the party uh, are you know, not consistent with what I believe to be progressive conservatism. All right. Well, Richard Starkey raining a little bit on the parade today, coming off the heels of this historic vote over the weekend. Ninety-five percent support both the PC party and the Wild Rose party to merge to create a new party. And a joint caucus meeting taking place this afternoon. Uh, Richard Starkey, PC MLA, former leadership candidate as well, has decided that uh, he won't and can't be a part of this. And making that known today. Look, maybe that was inevitable. 95% is not 100%, and of course there were those who didn't vote at all. Not everybody's necessarily going to be on board with this. Uh, Politics is changing, landscape is shifting, and people are going to have to make decisions uh, about uh, what their future holds. Richard Starkey has made his. Joining us to talk a bit more about how we got to this point, where it all goes from here, very pleased to welcome to the program, Graham Thompson, political affairs columnist with the Edmonton Journal, edmontonjournal.com. Graham, thanks for joining us here. Hi, Rob. Uh, so is this uh, caucus meeting happening this afternoon? Yeah, it's on right now. It just started at 1 o'clock. Um, it'll go, we figure, for about two hours. And this is a joint caucus meeting. Members of both the PCs and the Wild Rose getting together. Because now, of course, there'll be members of the new United Conservative Party. So they're going to be meeting. The big issue for them right now is uh, choosing an interim leader. Because there's, there'll be a leadership race. And that will culminate in an actual vote for an actual leader October 28th. But right now, they're looking for an interim leader. Three names being put forward that were told, um, Nathan Cooper, Wild Rose MLA, Prasad Panda, another Wild Rose MLA, and Richard Gottfried from the PCs. We're expecting to see Nathan Cooper um, you know, become the interim leader. He's the, um, the official opposition house leader for the Wild Rose, and he's, he's a smart guy. He's not somebody that would uh, stick his feet in his mouth, and he's proven that over the last couple of years. So I think that uh, they're going to go with him, because this is... A sense of you know them trying to unify, but of course, as you mentioned, uh, Richard Starkey, PCMLA, has said no, he's not joining, or he's not going to become a, a UCPMLA. He'll sit as an independent. Now it's kind of odd because he's still a PC, and according right. to the House, he's still a member of the Progressive Conservatives. So he'll he'll likely be, we think, a, a member of one basically of the, the PCs. The PCs still exist. Kenny's still leader of the PCs, and uh, this is still going to be an issue moving forward for some people thinking, well, the PCs still exist. Well, yes, they do and they don't. They exist in a name only, really. Uh, next election, there'll be no PC MLAs, people running for the PCs. It's going to be uh, the UCP. Right. And so Starkey will, in effect, be an independent MLA, unless he crosses to some other party. Well, yeah, but I mean, it gets into the kind of the nuts and bolts of what needs to happen here. I mean, it's sort of unprecedented in a lot of ways. But, uh, for example, I mean, the Wild Rose Party has a considerable war chest. As I understand it, they can't legally move that money over to a new party. So basically, I think these parties need to still exist on paper so that they can dispense with all this all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Uh, they cannot legally transfer money. The, the, the PCs actually are in debt. They do have money at the local level, but that money could be transferred to the, the, the main headquarters to pay off their, their debt. It's, you know, it's like $700,000, $800,000 debt. The, the Wild Rose, though, actually does have money. We're thinking maybe a million dollars or so. Um, that money 
will still stay in the Wild Rose entity. It cannot be transferred to the new United Conservative Party. Well, likely happen to it. It'll be spent on other other things like advertising. It'll be spent almost as a third party or th- uh, spent as a p- political action committee, basically. Now, if that money um, has to be um, spent, otherwise it will eventually revert to the crown. So it cannot be used for the UCP. It can be used for other issues like advertising or attacking the NDP government and things like that. Um, but the UCP is really starting from scratch. It's really going to have to start fundraising. Um, and there's actually committees being formed right now put together on things like moving forward, the leadership race, rules for leadership race. There's going to be um, a founding convention uh, next year to actually look at the actual policies for this party. Because right now, People suspect they know where the party stands, but until they actually have a founding convention to actually pass policies, do something, actually show people where they stand, we don't really know where this party stands. So that, 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 that allows people who are really happy with the party to imagine what it stands, and those who really are afraid of the party to imagine their worst fears yeah. in what this party will stand for. But right now, there's a leadership race. Um, that gets underway. We're expecting today, 4 o'clock um, today, that Brian Jean will be announcing he's running officially for the leadership. Uh, that is what we expect. He's actually in that, that meeting right now, that caucus, joint caucus, to vote for the interim leader. Then he'll be heading down to Airdrie for what they call an important announcement. You know, it's going to be interesting because when you mention this caucus meeting, obviously there are more Wild Rose MLAs than PC MLAs, but... Based on some of what we've been hearing, I don't know how many of those those kind of tribal loyalties uh, even still exist as of today. How much of that is, is out the window now? Um, it depends on who they're going to go with leader. I think this is going to be an indication. If, if it is, basically, I'm thinking, you know, we're the wild rose, in a sense, reverse takeover. We're going to blow out the, the PCs, and I'm going to stick with Brian Jean. Then you can say, yes, it's tribal. All they're trying to do here is stick with the Wild Rose under a different name, under Brian Jean. But if they're looking at uh, going to, um, you know, supporting Kenny, uh, that'll make things interesting. If you get Wild Rosers who are actually supporting Kenny. We haven't seen anything break down like that. But we have seen, um, well, Derek Filderbrand, who's a Wild Rose MLA, very outspoken, on Saturday, before the vote was even announced, the results were even announced, he said, I don't know my plans. He might run for leadership. He said, I don't know, but I know this. I will not be supporting Brian Jean. Yeah. So this is giving us an indication of just how this could be a potentially nasty leadership race. Of course, they can be very nasty, the matter of course. But what's happening here is there's, yes, they are joining together, but there's still people on the PC party who are not that, you know, happy with the wild rose but it goes beyond that what might drive this as being nasty is the fact that uh, brian jean uh, jason kenny don't just see this as being a run for leader of the official opposition or the second place party they see it as running to become premier because they're convinced that of course you know the public opinion poll showing the ndp really unpopular right now opinion poll showing a majority of albertans like the idea of the conservatives coming together to defeat the ndp so you read into that whoever wins the leadership of the ucp wins the next election and becomes premier so what's going to drive a lot of the maybe animosity or the passion at the very least this summer in leadership is the fact that whoever wins the leadership of the ucp they feel will become premier all right, so leadership race, that's going to happen fairly quickly, October 28th, as you mentioned. And then I guess sometime in the new year, the expectation is they will have a, some kind of policy convention? 
Yes, that, that's the plan. So it'll be a founding convention. I'm thinking early next year. Um, then they can actually get policy together. Of course, the thing is, it's interesting. There's a bit of a debate um, when they're actually figuring out how do we do these next steps. Uh, at one point, uh, you had PCs thinking we should do the founding convention first, then leadership. The Wild Rose said, no, that's not a good idea, because you don't want a founding convention without a leader to be the adult in the room and try and you know, uh, get some sort of... Uh, Stop people from killing each other on the, um, speaking figuratively here on the, uh, the convention floor. Because if you actually had a founding convention to, de- to debate, uh, policies without a leader in the room, it could get really messy. So the Wild Rose, in a sense, won that fight. Leadership race comes first. You pick a leader and then you go to a founding convention to try and, uh, get policy together that actually will be, um, something that you can sell to, uh, Albertans. And that's going to be a really key issue here is people who don't like the, you know, Jason Kenney or Brian Jean, the Wild Rose, UCP, whatever, see them as being too socially conservative. That's going to turn people off. Of course, that's the narrative right now being pushed by the NDP saying this new UCP is going to be the worst of both parties. You know, it's going to be uh, the old um, uh, corruption or whatever of the PC party, or entitlement rather of the PC party and the social conservative, uh, social conservative values of the Wild Rose. Well, maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be a more moderate party. Depends also who becomes leader, how they become leader, and the policies of the members that they put forward next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, more at EdmontonJournal.com. Graham, appreciate this here. Thanks for making some time for us. Hey, Rob. My Thank pleasure. You. All right. Graham Thompson, political affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal, edmontonjournal.com. So uh, keeping an eye on this meeting that's uh, unfolding right now in Edmonton, as he mentioned, they got to come up with a plan for an interim leader and some of these other procedural uh, responsibilities within caucus. And I guess just to kind of get to know everybody, which I think more or less they do. But OK, we're now one big happy family here. Uh, so how happy is it? At Richard Starkey say, you know, I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to be a part of this. Is everybody else on board? Uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll find out in due course here. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. Talking about the new United Conservative Party. Are they going to stick with that name? I, I guess maybe the name's not a big issue, but it is, to me, it's, it's an odd name. I think Conservative Party of Alberta would make more sense, but that's something I guess this convention in the new year will have to come up with. In the meantime, the next big uh, step here is to elect a new leader. And, and further to what Graham Thompson was saying, I, I think in this sense it makes sense to have a leadership race and then have a policy convention. Because I don't think you want to box in the leadership candidates too much by saying this is what the party stands for. Well, then how does that affect the leadership race and people can't talk about ideas if it's already decided ahead of time what it is the party stands for? I don't think the leader is going to have the final say on what the party stands for, but I think it will go a long way in shaping the direction of the party. So hopefully it's a, a vigorous leadership race in that sense, and, and you get different people coming forward to present different ideas of what they think this party should be, and the membership will decide. So I I think that makes sense. Have a leadership race, get somebody in place, then you have an idea of where they want to take the party, and that can kind of serve as a guide at a a founding policy convention. I mean, the membership will will still have a say, obviously, but will give some indication of of maybe where the membership want the party to go. 
And I think the leaders should have some some input on that as well. So that, that's how things are going to play out. That makes sense to me. Uh, here's another question. Now, Richard Starkey says that uh, he was elected as a PCMLA and that he believes he needs to remain a PCMLA to respect the, uh, the wishes of his constituents. They elected him in 2012 and again in 2015. Now, someone had texted earlier to say, you know, if he's going to switch to another party, maybe he should run in a by-election. That Sandra Jansen should have resigned and run in a by-election, for example, if she were going to jump to the uh, NDP. Do all of these MLAs who are part of this new merged party, do they all have legitimacy? This hasn't really come up, and I'm, I'm certainly not making the case for it. But if your argument is that you need to belong to the party you were elected as, otherwise you need to run in a by-election. Uh, it can be said of all of these members of this newly merged party that none of them were elected under the UCP banner. Is anybody going to make the case that they need to resign collectively and, and run in a by-election? Uh, I, I don't think anybody's going to make that case, but it is an interesting point. If the argument is you were not elected under that banner, therefore you need to run in a by-election, well, that would apply here, wouldn't it? Uh, because none of them were. Does Richard Starkey, by the way, and he was asked this today. I want to play for you a couple of minutes of what he said in a, an interview with uh, 630 Ched Radio in Edmonton. Because he was asked about this, that you're a member of the PC party. PC members voted 95% in favor of this. So you talk about your constituents. Well, what about this mandate? So there is an answer to that question. What a play for you. This is about two and a half minutes uh, from Richard Starkey's appearance on 630 Ched Radio in Edmonton today, explaining his decision. I ran uh, as a PC candidate in both 2012 and 2015, and the people of Vermilion Lloyd Minster uh, voted for me because I was espousing progressive conservative values and principles. Uh, I do not have confidence or assurance that the new party going forward will reflect those values and principles. And, you know, as such, you know, I, I can't. Uh, betray the confidence that the people of the constituency placed in me. But and we don't so even, a, Doctor. Sorry to interrupt, but we don't even know who's going to lead the party. We don't. We don't even know what what the policy is going to look like. And you you've already lost faith in it. Well, that that's, that 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 level of uncertainty should give no one confidence that uh, uh, you know that that the party will reflect the values and principles that I ran on. Uh, that you know that's you know some of the uncertainty that now is going to be facing the new entity and in fact the people of Alberta going forward and uh, you know but I will say Ryan that uh, you know after uh, after the leadership uh, was concluded in March uh, you know I was assured that my voice and the voices of those who uh, supported me were were welcomed and were were asked for within the party and I can tell you that the experience uh, has been completely different and uh, I have very little confidence that that that's going to change. What do you mean it's been different? Can you give us an example? Sure, sure. Um, you know, immediately after the uh, leadership election, uh, the PC executive was assured that there would be a striking of an advisory committee that would provide direction and advice to the negotiating team that was negotiating the agreement with Wild Rose. Uh, I indicated to the transition team and to the new leader that I was very interested in taking part of that, and I was told that I would be a part of that group. Uh, that group was never constituted and was ne and never met. So, you know, as far as providing advice for something as crucial as the uh, as the agreement between the PC party and the Wild Rose, the advisory committee that the PC executive was told would be established, you know, was never established. 
95% of PC party members that, that, you know, I mean, decided to at least vote over the weekend said yes to unity. Don't, don't you take that as a bit of a mandate from your supporters, from those that put you in office to participate in that unity progression? Uh, the people that put me in office, Ryan, I want to clarify, are, are the constituents of Vermillion Lloyd Minster. And uh, there were, you know, close to 10,000 that voted in the last election. Uh, I don't, I have no way of knowing how many actually voted in the unity referendum. But my first duty of care, my first responsibility is to the constituents of Vermillion Lloyd Minster, not to party members, not necessarily to a leader. It is to the constituents that elected me. That's that from Richard Starkey today on uh, 630 Chet, our sister station uh, up in Edmonton. What do you make of that? I'm, I'm not so sure on a couple of points. I, I, I get the frustration that he felt as though they were going to have some input in the negotiation, the merger negotiation. They didn't. And maybe he feels it's futile to stick around and, and fight for policy that he believes in. But that opportunity is there. This party doesn't have a leader. This party doesn't yet have a, a policy platform. So if he believes it, it needs to be shaped in a certain way, then then why not go for it? All right, 403-974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones here, 974-TALK. Mel, good afternoon. Hey, Rob, welcome back. I hey, appreciate it. Anyway, um, two things, or well, maybe three things. First thing, um, the U- UCP has not even, while well, they're meeting today, to decide policy. They'll have to have a policy kind of get-together. Yeah, I don't think they're really talking policy today. It's more no, procedural well, today, getting an interim leader in place, Yeah, et how can Mr. Starkey make a decision like that without knowing what the party stands, what the new combined party stands for? He doesn't know. He's not a mind reader. Plus, if once the policy is set then Mr. Starkey should go hold a town hall meeting inviting his constituents and then present them with what the party policy is. And the constituents can then tell him what they'd like him to do, not him telling himself what he's going to do. I mean, that's reasonable. Do you think all the other MLAs should do the same? Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, but he's the one that seems... 100% 100% unhappy with the situation and I think there's something in the background we're not we're not privy to for his decision but they, well he uh, didn't support a merger in the first place I mean it's yeah eh, this it, it is maybe in keeping it had with to that. be done and I'm hoping there's going to be like I I don't believe in political parties period and I'll never join one but I do follow politics and I'm hoping they come out with a real balanced party you know yeah. And uh, the people of the province, they're, they're entitled to that. You know, that's the way it should be. There should be a balanced party, you know, in power. Now, that seems reasonable. Mel, appreciate the phone call. We're right up against the top of the hour. Much more still to come, though. Our final hour straight ahead. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.